we're stoked. Um, Doyle was telling me that uh, that there was a, a story. Oh, Doyle's phone. Sorry, my bad. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's me. telling me that there was a story that he heard one time. I don't know if, if you're interested in sharing, but it involves you in a gorilla suit in a helicopter. Dude, so <laughs> Doyle, it, it was really funny. He texted me about that today, and I haven't told this story in years. Uh, and it just made he me He did laugh tell it, though, like the first it. time but, I ever met him, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so the short version of this is basically uh, – Youth group shenanigans. We found this uh, gorilla suit at a thrift store, and we thought it'd be really funny if we got in this gorilla suit and like scared kids around town and like got it on video. And yeah, it would be a whole thing. And we thought it would be funny, and it was. And we got kicked out of most local markets and stuff around town. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I ended up like. Th- I had already been in the cop car once because of a gorilla suit incident, and then I had broken my leg because of a gorilla in- suit incident. Same same suit. So then I had to retire from being the gorilla, and we handed it off to somebody else who was, man, this is horrible, but we were the older kids in the group, and this guy was the younger kid that just like really wanted to think for us to think he was cool. So we had this idea. We are like, man... Check this out. What if you get in the gorilla suit and me in my car, I'll drive through the drive through at Taco Bell. And uh, when we get to the w- the lady at the window, you jump on my car and like freak her out and it'd be really funny and whatever. And he's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, he's not really on the inside of what we actually were going to do. And so our friend is in a truck with a couple other guys on the other side of the parking lot filming it. And... Um, So instead of actually going through the drive-thru, I pull up right next to it, and I'm like, Thomas, the cops are here, ditch the suit, like, we gotta go. So he starts running towards my car, and uh, the cops weren't there, we just thought it was funny, and he starts running towards my car, he gets about, like, five feet from my car, and I just take off, and we're all laughing, I got two other guys in my car, and then I turn around, and... The other car, the truck, does the same thing. Like, Thomas, get over here. Get over here. He gets five feet, and the truck just takes off. We're laughing. <laughs> we think it's hilarious. And I look back, and all of a sudden, he's just illuminated. And I look up, and it's a helicopter with a, with a light on him. Just oh on him. Goodness. A drill suit in this parking lot. Granted, we're not in the best town of, like, all of these towns that we lived in in this valley. We're probably in the, the most ghetto of them. Uh, and... So then I see that, and I'm like, man, we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. We just need to leave. <laughs> and so me and my guys in my car, we just leave, and we go, turn on the main road and just start taking off. And then uh, we had a moonroof, and I remember seeing my hand on the gear shift, and my hand was illuminated. And I look up, and now the helicopter light is on me and my car. And then I realized we weren't in the wrong place. Uh, we were just doing something we shouldn't have done, and they're definitely after us. So I pull over. It's this main road in this town. It's like the main road that goes through the whole town. And there's seven cop cars in my rearview mirror just veering through and going straight towards me. And so I pull over. They block off the whole road, and they have their guns pointed at me. 
and my car. <laughs> they say, stick your hands out of the car. So I, like, you know, put my hands out of the car. And then uh, uh, the other two guys in my, in my car, they do the same thing. And they say, okay, unlock the door and walk slowly backwards towards my voice. Well, like I had said, I had just broken my foot. So I'm like, sir, I can't do Shut up! <laughs> oh, okay. So I, like, I'm just, like, jumping backwards towards the towards the cop and this actually isn't the short story this is the whole story but i'm just <laughs> getting really excited about telling it so um anyways so go backwards i get in the and i get in the car he cuffs me puts me in his car and then that car pulls off into the front and then i see my two other friends they cuff them and put them in the same car i'm alone i have no idea what's going on i'm i think i'm 16 or 17 Still fresh to even having a driver's license, and I know for sure it's getting taken away as soon as my mom finds out. But I'm also (laughs) hoping that I can make it back before curfew, and then maybe my mom doesn't have to find out about it. But uh, (laughs) so then I hear on the radio all of our names like uh, Corey Wellman 2486, Taco Bell 312, all this code, and and, and the names of, of the guys that were with me and the guys that were over in the truck in the parking lot. And then I realized, man, something crazy is going down. A uh, gang task force was there. All this, and so <laughs> come, come to find out, the cop comes up to me, gets my ID, and he's like, do you still live in Palm Desert, which was like the neighboring town a few towns over? And I was like, yeah, I do. He goes, why don't you do this stupid crap over there? <laughs> and I was like, oh, what, what, what are you talking well, come to find out, the district attorney was in the drive-thru at Taco Bell at the time that all of this went down. So he had called saying that there was a man in a gorilla suit with a gun trying to rob Taco Bell. And so they were all there thinking that we were armed robbing Taco Bell in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the night in this town. Oh, and so it, it made news so the next day. Uh, it was a Saturday night. I remember going to church early that morning, and everyone's like, oh, I heard you got arrested last <laughs> night because <laughs> it was all over the news. And it was me and a bunch of pastor's kids and stuff. It was crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's just how I remembered it. So that That's was, phenomenal. That, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> man, it's been a while. It's been a long time for me telling that story, but uh, I miss it. Yeah, there we go. Sweet. Well, thanks for being on the pod, man. Dude, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, man, we're excited uh, today. Uh, we have an awesome guest uh, with us, uh, someone we've known for a while, Jason Richards, uh, artist, guitar player, incredible person, fantastic beard. Yeah, it's it's it looks it looks great. Uh, <laughs> part of Hard Speak Podcast, which is a great podcast if you haven't checked it out. But man, we're excited to have him with us, and excited for you guys to hear a little bit more about him and his story and where he's at. And yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So to uh, kind of introduce you and to get listeners of ours that may not uh, be acquainted with you, which is probably very few listeners of the, the show, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have some lightning round questions to go through. So we'll, we'll, try, we'll try to go through at kind of uh, a fast pace here. Uh, just get right. your thoughts First on thing a few that comes questions. to mind, just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so first one, we're starting off easy. Would you rather be itchy or sticky for the rest of your life? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that one's easy. <laughs> uh, sticky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, kind of, that's kind of where I led to. I don't know, man. I think I'm yeah. on the other end. I think I'd, I think I'd prefer the itchy side. Yeah. 
I can I can put stuff on to help with itchiness. If you're sticky, you're just stuck <laughs> yeah. that way. Like there's no way you're. Yeah, getting but out of that. if you don't touch anything, then you don't notice you're sticky. But you're permanently itchy all the time. So now you're just you sticky and naked it? for the rest of your life because you're not touching. Like you just have to. You you can sleep in yeah. like a one of those those pools of like salt water. The yeah yeah yeah. That's that's really nice. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't, man, I much pre- the the satisfaction of scratching an itch and then it going away. You'll never feel that ever if you're permanently itchy. Okay, that's that, true. That's true. That's true. That is so the whole the, the whole analogy of like, oh, that just totally scratched an itch. That doesn't mean doesn't, anything ma- doesn't, ma- doesn't matter to you. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be rough. Cool. Next question: If you could be any superhero, who would you be? Gosh, my favorite is Spider Man. Uh, so Which I one? think that's who I w- would. Oh, <laughs> well, that's tough. I don't know. He's kind of a dork, though. He just has the coolest powers, I think. Yeah. So maybe I wouldn't choose to be him. I would choose to be Batman because he can live a regular life and just has loads of money and can do whatever he wants. So I think if I could be a superhero, I would choose that. But my favorite is Spider-Man. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I remember as a kid, I used to act like I was Spider-Man, jump around my backyard, hoping I would be bit yes. by a spider and be able to pull <laughs> off some of those things. Are you a t- Toby Guire? you didn't think you were Superman and jump off your roof or something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> I've always been partial to the Toby Maguire Spider-Man. Man, I'm not opposed to, to that at all, as much as most people seem to be. However, I was the guy, it was, I think, my senior year of high school, Spider-Man 3 came out. Mm-hmm. And I I went to the midnight showing with my friends. I had the web blasters. I had a mask. <laughs> I had the whole costume. I dressed up. I was ready to go. And that film was so disappointing to me. <laughs> it just You just left your oh, web blasters on the me. seat in the movie theater? Yes. Of all the Spider-Mans to be that excited about, I chose number three, which was hands down the worst of that trilogy. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, did you, man. Did so, you guys like Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. Uh, that's the newest ones, right? Well, or is that the Andrew Garfield one? The Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield one. I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah, I like those ones. I, I honestly haven't seen the newest ones. Oh, no. really? The Homecoming or nope. whatever? Have you seen the Spider-Verse? Nope. Dude, that's one of the most inspiring animated films I've ever seen. Okay. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's just phenomenal. It's really good. Yes. And that one just came out this year too, right? Or eight, 2018? Uh, I think 18, yeah. I saw it in theaters over Thanksgiving last year. So huh. Nice. Must have been 18, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, as we're uh, slowly working <laughs> our way through the lightning round, I'll uh, – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one should be easy. East Coast or West Coast? Ooh. Uh, West Coast. Is, that's where I'm from. Yeah. I grew up in the West Coast. Yeah. But I enjoy going. To, uh, New York City is my favorite city in the world. So now that I say that, <laughs> as a whole, West Coast. But there are aspects of East Coast I love more. Sweet. Worst nightmare as a kid. I used to have this one. That was loosely a Bugs Life theme. <laughs> uh, loosely, I, I'm what does not, that mean? I'm not sure quite how, but what I think it was, and I hadn't had it in years, but it was one of those recurring ones where I would be walking home, and it was the exact route I took to walk home from school every day in grade school. So it was it was super realistic. But in the bushes, the Bugs characters would be talking to me. 
for some reason. Which what that wasn't the scary part. Scary part was I'd turn on my street and there'd be a shack in the middle of the in the middle of the road and I would go into it for some reason. I'm not sure why. I mean, I knew I wasn't supposed to talk to strangers, but for some reason, I went into this strange shack and it was actually a giant theme park of death. Like roller coasters with guillotines and all sorts of weird <laughs> things. I think it had a combination of me watching A Bug's Life but then listening to Alice Cooper records with my dad. It just thoroughly messed with my childhood mind. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Uh, all right. If Velcro if Velcro was invented first, would there still be zippers? Okay. That was in a movie or something. Oh, no. It was in the David Letterman. With Kanye. Uh, the David Letterman interview with Kanye. Yes. yes. <laughs> Totally. Uh, I'm trying to remember what Kanye said. I, I believe he said. I, mean, I don't think he answered. I don't actually. think he answered. <laughs> uh, but yes, I think absolutely there still would be zippers. You think there'd be a need to invent interlocking teeth near that area of your body if you had the option for Velcro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking strictly in 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 jeans. Well, that's what my mind initially goes to when I think <laughs> about the zipper. But maybe I stepped out of bounds and. Oh, I guess there's zippers my, everywhere. My mind went to like a hoodie. That's true. Well, uh, or a backpack. Get, or a but, backpack, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Y- you're right. Uh, although, I don't know any, however long Velcro's been around, I don't know of any pair of denim jeans <laughs> that has a Velcro fly, <laughs> but I do know of button flies and zipper flies. So if it really was that much better, I, honestly, I think the precautions that you need to take to remain <laughs> private, Velcro doesn't <laughs> offer that. I would say it's that, it's too true. easy to accidentally open that expose thing in, with Velcro fly. That's true. That's good. That's good why point. it's not a thing. You take too wide of a step and you just hear that ripping sound. <laughs> yep. Yep. No way. All right. Next one. You're known to not be a fan of desert as a desert. No. Oh, dessert. Yeah, I, I wrote this one. Okay, so I'm going to let him take it here. <laughs> you can take this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, on one of the episodes of your podcast that you're not a big fan of dessert. Uh, I also am a dessert skeptic. I, I, I don't eat dessert. Um, however, you said that you do enjoy a scoop of vanilla ice cream. So I've got two questions on that. One is, okay. do you have a go-to brand for vanilla ice cream? No. No, just whatever you can get? Yeah, kind of. Okay, the second one was rank these common vanilla ice cream flavors. Vanilla, French vanilla, vanilla bean. French vanilla, hands down, don't even categorize it in the same thing. It's so, and I think this is what I talked about on my podcast, it's so offensive to me when somebody says, here is vanilla ice cream, but it's actually French vanilla. It's not, it. It's vanilla ice cream with way too much butter. That's why it's colored yellow. I don't nope. Don't I don't even, I'm not even going to rank that one because it's not anywhere in my list of edible ice creams. There are many other ice creams I would prefer over French vanilla. However, I would say vanilla bean as number 1 and then plain regular vanilla as number 2. All right. That's that's some good stuff. Yeah, I feel like all the crappy ice cream that you buy for like youth events or anything where you have to have a mass bulk, mm. it's it's just French vanilla. Like all those massive yeah, buckets, because it's French vanilla. It's more butter than it is ice cream, and butter's probably And it cheaper. melts in like 30 seconds. <laughs> They're trying to hide yes. behind it. <laughs> 
why do you keep your chapstick in your sock? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, because I don't like the mark that it makes on my jeans. Oh, okay. So That's I good. used to I used to keep it in my jeans, and the part that uh, the screwy part that you choose to make the stick uh-huh. go up and down or whatever, that part would always tear a hole in my jeans eventually. Yep. And since I only have one, I have like one pair of jeans, I wear the same pair of jeans every day, I can't afford to have those kinds of cosmetic defects in my <laughs> pants. And so I keep them in my sock. And then there's this company called Olavina Men. I'm just going to drop them for a second because they make this. I mean, you guys can see it. No one else mm. listening, oh, I it's guess. Like a but thin... the shape of this is more oval. And it fits perfectly against my leg. And so this is the chapstick I now carry in my sock. Is that your favorite chapstick? Yes. It's called uh, Olavina Men Juniper Mint. Mm. Mm. Does it give you a little that like menthol-y feel on your lips? But not like menthol cigarettes where it's still kind of gross. It's like... Just refreshing. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. And then last one... uh, to kind of segue our way into uh, some promotion time for 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 you and the things that you're doing, what does hard speak mean? Where does that come from? Hard speak is a word that Ryan made up, mm-hmm. uh, who is the owner of this record label called Hard Speak, and it, me- it the word he defined as to speak with influence. But essentially, hard speak is an umbrella of lots of creative things. There's a record label underneath that. There's uh, the podcast, which is underneath that. There's a playlist that's underneath that. And then there's this whole other department called Hard Speak Creative, which is graphics or photos or videos or uh, art, visual art, anything, really. Anything that's a creative thing could fall under the Hard Speak uh, creative umbrella. Nice. Yeah, I, I didn't know about the, um, like I knew about the, the music side, I knew about the podcasts, obviously, I didn't realize that there was a whole visual graphics art component in that. Yeah, that is relatively new. That is just kind of launched uh, two months ago, I think. Nice. How long has Hardspeak been around for now? Well, so the first record... To be released on it was Ryan's uh, record called Red Mountain, which came out, I think, in 2017. But when they... So they signed all the artists before I got on, and there's six artists now. And that happened in 2018. So I'd say just over a year, like, officially as a thing. But I guess, yeah, the first record came out two years ago. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, so where can everybody find you and what you're doing? Um, plug your your Instagram and and maybe some of the projects you're working on. Yeah. So the Instagram for the podcast is at HSR Podcast, uh, and then my personal Instagram is at Jason Ed Rich E D R I C H. Everybody that I just meet for the first time that only really kind of knows my Instagram or whatever think that my last name is Edric. <laughs> so I found I found my name stored in people's phones on many occasions under Jason Edric. 
But actually, my middle name is Edward, and my last name's Richard, so it's just the first half of Edward and the first half of Richard sandwiched together. Fun fact, <laughs> that's where my Instagram handle comes from. I think I'm going to have to change your and co- actually, contact in my phone to uh, Edric. Edric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it actually started with my uh, Tumblr account. That's the first social media I ever had. Nice. Tumblr. Tumblr. Well, unless MySpace right. counts, but you didn't have a handle for MySpace. Yeah, I think it was just you. Yeah, you didn't really have a, a um, what's it called, a handle for that. But Tumblr was a blog thing. Kind of. I'm not sure why I ever even had one. Yeah, but I did. <laughs> for a hot second. Is it still there? Like, what's uh, what would we find if we found the Jason Edward blog? I don't know. I I may have. I wrote a few blogs or whatever. Whatever that that word is so loosely used now. It's yeah. it's it's like having it's like being a girl in at a Christian college and having a photography business. It's just so <laughs> everybody has it. So it, that word and it's always the first name and the middle name photography. You know what I mean? Because you can probably name fifteen people that have that thing exactly. So it's that mm-hmm. basically was is what a blog is in 2019. But anyway, so it doesn't matter. But it was before I had an iPhone, before Instagram was even a thing. I had a Palm Pixie. I don't even know if you know what that is, but I don't remember uh, that that's one. That's the kind no, of phone yeah. I had. It was tiny. I loved it. It was my favorite phone I ever had besides the iPhone. I honestly I probably like it better than an iPhone, but I just don't think it works anymore. <laughs> but anyways, my point to that is that I didn't have Instagram didn't exist, so or at least not on any other platform than iPhone. So I had a Tumblr and I don't think I really used it much. Nice. Well, be sure to uh, check out everything uh, Jason's got going. Check out his Instagram. Check out Hard Speaks website uh, for more updates. But we'll get back into the interview proper. Man, so something we've been doing uh, for the past probably like four or five episodes, maybe. And uh, I don't know if you've listened much at all, but uh, we we're in this this deep, not a debate. But a conversation about <laughs> what is the best way to make a peanut butter and jelly. So over the past few months, we've been talking through this with listeners and asking for them to write in how to make one. And we've even had like some video time where we've spent making them and putting it up on the podcast. But we want to just hear from you yes. real quick before jumping in into the into the rest of our interview. Uh, for you, what is like the definitive way uh, to make a peanut butter and jelly and jelly tight peanut butter, how you clean the knife in between using each. Maybe you don't. And that's great. But how do you make a peanut butter and jelly? What do you think is the best, best way? Well, interesting. So I had a sandwich for every day in high school, every day for lunch. That's all I took. And this is how I made it. Well, my mom made it, but this is how (laughs) I would have made it if I were the one making it. White bread only. Wheat bread, when I first discovered wheat bread, it was the grossest thing to me because I, it's not, that's not bread. Even and though that's probably the more like, about, that's real, okay. that's probably the more real bread. I was so offended when I first had it. And here's the other thing. I remember the first time I ever had a peanut, I know exactly where I was and how old I was when I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was made with crunchy peanut butter. I didn't know crunchy peanut butter existed. I've only had my mom's creamy peanut butter. No idea that crunchy peanut butter existed. But when I first bit into it and had that crunch, I instantly 
thought about the little rascals and the actual <laughs> sand, which oh, yeah. grossed, me, grossed me out. Could I can never do I can never do crunchy peanut butter because of that. Oh man! So it's obviously creamy peanut butter. I'll take both sides of the of the you know the bread, white bread. I not not picky on brand. I, I don't really care. But then you you lather one side with the knife with creamy peanut butter, lather the other side, and then what I would do is I wouldn't put jelly and I would put honey. Oh yes! my! And then I would put it together. Dang. Yes. And Sorry, that's keep going. Sandwich. I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> well, then, so then I then I would put it together. And the reason I used to not peanut butter both sides. But when, well, sorry, my mom used to not. And then when she would put it in my lunch pail, for, or I had used like a paper sack, by lunchtime, the honey had just kind of seeped out and, and one, one slice of the bread was all crusty. So then I was like, Mom, what if we peanut buttered both sides and then <laughs> the, the honey wouldn't seep through the bread? It changed the sandwich game for me legitimately. I love this so much. So that's what I would do, and then you obviously leave the knife out, uh, just hanging on the on the on the kitchen counter because you may make another one. You probably <laughs> won't, and it's gonna sit there, and you're gonna get yelled at for not cleaning it. But you're gonna leave it out because you might. There's the smallest chance you might make another one, and you don't want to dirty another knife. Man, this is so good because we've been talking about this for like five months, and Justin over here, for those <laughs> listening, Bogus, he is the only person out of everybody that will that considers a peanut butter and honey sandwich better than a peanut butter and jelly. And he also makes it with peanut butter on both sides because he doesn't want the honey to crystallize on the piece of bread. So this is just uh, incredible. Yes. Incredible. It's, it's very life-affirming for me. Yeah, we, we did that yes, video dude, and it's everybody sided thing. with the peanut butter and jelly. And nobody sided with Bogus on the peanut butter and honey. So this is great. This is This is good. Wow, that's fascinating to me. The thing is, I think it's the statement of those go together like peanut butter and jelly or what however that became a thing, it just is now instilled in our brains and because we're Americans and can't think for ourselves, we just know <laughs> that peanut butter and jelly is a thing and that's how it has to be. But no, I think the best sandwich is peanut butter and honey. That's awesome. That's great, man. Thanks for weighing in on that. We'll make sure to delete that from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, uh, to trip, move along, uh, now that I've been fully vindicated, we, we went on Instagram and we asked for some people to send in some questions, so we got a selection of questions here for you. Amazing. And uh, Doyle is going to read those off for us. Yeah, so I'll go from uh, the ones I think won't be very long of an answer to maybe the one that is a little bit longer. But uh, first one uh, from Braley is, will Jason be at CCV High School camp this summer? Uh, the answer to that question is no. Uh, I don't actually know when it is. <laughs> no, the short answer to that is no. I won't be there, unfortunately. Sorry, Braley. Sorry, Braley. <laughs> cool. Uh, next one. When did you start playing music uh, from David, and uh, what was your first instrument that you picked up? Well, I started playing music when I was seven because I got my first ever record, which was Weird Al Yankovic self-titled. Yes. Loved that record. So I asked my parents for a drum set, and that was my first instrument. 
Awesome. Are you still fairly good on the drum set, or once you hit guitar, did no. you kind of forget everything else? So I played drums until maybe I was 10, and then that's when I picked up a guitar. And then I kind of gave up drums, got another drum set when I was maybe 14 or something, and played a little bit in high school, and then I, as soon as I went to college, I ditched the drum set. So I could maybe... I could play a beat probably, but I'm not a, I would never consider myself a drummer. Cool. Michael Carter uh, from Surprise, <clears throat> he asked, uh, currently, what is uh, the Nintendo Switch game that you're into the most? And uh, I, I'm excited for this question because I feel like every time I see you, that's like the topic of our conversation is Nintendo Switch. So you got me into Pokemon yeah. Eevee. Yeah, I've got oh. Let's Go Eevee right behind yep. the yeah. iPad right there. Yeah. So good. So I beat that. What I need... Oh, you guys both have Eevee? Yeah. Okay, if any listeners have Let's Go Pikachu, hit me up because I need two Grimers or a Grimer <laughs> and a Muck, and then I've completed my Pokedex. So if All any of, of you guys have those... Yes, dude. Dang. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's how... Uh, man, I'm so excited wow. about this game. So I beat. I already beat the Elite Four. I just need Grimer and Muck. My Pokedex is complete. So I I haven't done the master, the master trainers or whatever. Have you, uh, do you know about that? Like the master's gym where you go through all the trainers. Well, no, no, no. So after that, it's uh, then e- there's a a hundred and fifty master trainers or whatever is is what they're calling them where there's one that's just a squirtle and you can only use a squirtle against him and you have to have and it's like a level 80 squirtle or something dang it's insane so you have to have a very high level of each of the 150 to be able to even compete in these and so i haven't done that that seems a little overkill to me (laughs) i really just i've wanted to complete my pokedex since i was six years old and i'm now two pokemon away and i can't (laughs) get anybody with let's go pikachu to give me two grimer so please guys if anybody's out there that has them out i guess the other thing i need kind of to fully complete it would be mew and the only way to get mew is by spending fifty dollars on that little pokeball thing which i'm very willing to do to complete my pokedex i i would do it so that i could get the mew but Anyways, that's I haven't played that game in a while because I'm waiting on someone to give me a, a, a muck and a grimer. But well, they'll have to hit you up on the the IGDMs. <laughs> yes, please, please. If anybody's <laughs> listening that has it, I mean, borderline, I will pay money if need be. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyways, that's okay. I the game I'm really playing right now is the new Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. 11. I heard that's good. Wow, it's awesome, man. It's it's been a lot of fun. That that's probably my main game that I'm playing on the road, I would say. Nice. Man, that's good. Cuz I I did the whole I did the whole going to GameStop days before it releases, pay for it, get the pre-order code, show up the day it releases, do the whole I've done that now for two video games in my life and I feel like a nerd and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the uh, only two games you have for your Switch? No. No, no, no. I've got tons. I've got too many. Super Smash Brothers. Haven't really played it much. Somehow I got convinced into buying the Battle Pass mm, or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure why I did that. So now I get all the DLC characters, but I haven't played that game in months. You know what game I really love though is Mario Tennis. That is a mm. fascinating game. 
I loved it for 64 when they announced it for Switch. Bought it right away. Was so excited about it. Have you bought in the new Yoshi World? Mm-mm. Anybody into no. that? No. And, and I never got into Yoshi's Island, okay. really, uh, for 64, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, a whole game about Yoshi seems... Yoshi a little bit is just annoying to me in general. Yeah, like what does he offer? It's nice to have. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have him if you're Mario, but Yoshi by himself, why are you even here? Yeah, I agree. And the different colors of Yoshis or whatever, it, it, no. It's, yeah. no. it's too much. I'm not into it. It's just too yeah, much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, final question from uh, Instagram. Uh, Caleb Kaufman over in Avondale. Uh, he wanted us to do an entire podcast on Ableton with you. When he found out you were going to be on here, that's all he wanted <laughs> us to talk to you about. And I said, no, that can't happen. Okay. So he submitted a question, and the question simply says, session view or arrangement view, and why? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> you should tell him to just hit me, uh, at Jason Edrick or whatever on Instagram. <laughs> hit me up, Yeah, well, and and we could talk more about it, but... I can't answer that question directly because with each artist that I work for, I analyze what their needs are, what they need Ableton to actually accomplish for them, and then I can decide what view we're going to run it in. So, do you think it's a 50-50, it, or do you think it's more or less a different one? Oh, uh, gosh. No, I would say it's probably 70% session view and then 30% arrangement view. Cool. That's just... Ballpark, not quite sure. And most people probably have tuned out by this point. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Caleb. Thanks but, for losing yeah. all of our listeners. If you care, if <laughs> Caleb if you care about Ableton as much as I do, hit me up on my Instagram and we'll talk Ableton with you all day, every day. So, we've got uh, just some other questions that, that we've uh, written out that we thought would be interesting to talk about. And uh, just to give a little bit more background uh, for the listeners, I, I thought a good place to start uh, would be kind of talking about where you grew up, maybe just, just kind of like where you grew up, how you ended up uh, in Arizona, and then how you ended up in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in Southern California, Palm Desert specifically, went to Palm Desert High School, went to carter elementary school and palm desert middle school but i honestly i got i got a guitar when i was 10 because I told my parents i wanted to be a rock star <laughs> so they got me a guitar <laughs> I, I, for whatever reason and so i took lessons and was just really into it but honestly i played rugby in high school and that's what i really wanted to do i really wanted to just yeah, I wanted to play rugby, and that's I knew crazy. it was going to be like in the that's Olympics. That's not a normal thing. Yeah, like you don't hear about that very often. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't even super popular where I was. There was only one team, but I loved the sport so much that that's all I wanted to do. And I so I played guitar on the side, kind of. Still, I you know I would play at church and whatever, and uh, I had a band actually. But for the most part, rugby was my thing, and so then. I broke my back junior year of high school playing and realized that the longevity of a career in rugby is so much smaller than it would be in music. Maybe, you know what, maybe even careers I wasn't even thinking about. I just knew I could play guitar longer than I could play rugby because 
you get old and your body gets old. But so I left. I, I played my senior year and then uh, played a little bit of college rugby, but then I stopped and went to Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. This is before they even had a rugby team. Uh, went there. It was a small school at the time. Now it's just an empire that's taking yeah. over downtown Phoenix as we speak. Paint the desert purple or whatever. Isn't that their motto? They're <laughs> legitimately doing that. What year were you there at GCU? I uh, went there from 2010 to 2012. Okay. I mean, that's like the same year I was there. I was going to say, there'd be a little bit yeah. of overlap. I don't remember if we ever saw each other there. I, I graduated I, in 2012. I knew your sister. What's that? I knew your sister. I knew uh, your sister, Nikki. Oh, yeah, because you played in the band, huh? At GCU? Yeah, no? her and I, I think her and I are the same age. Yeah, I played in the band at GCU. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure Nikki and I are the same, or at least the same year. Okay, I remember that briefly now. And I was, I, I, I was friends with all her roommates and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went to GCU, did two years, and then I dropped out and went to, and then I started, oh, I worked full-time at a hotel. That's what I thought I wanted to do, and then, I yeah, I was really into hotels for some reason, but then I realized that I, <laughs> it was more than I just wanted to play music as much as I, I knew that I had to. I knew that it was what I was supposed to do. The whole mm. reason I was on this planet was because I'm supposed to play music. And so then it was, yeah, anytime I get tired of it, I just, or like, not tired of it, but anytime I get tired, which doesn't happen super often, but sometimes I've just played so much music and done so much, it's like, I want to just sit down and relax. I think back to like, no, this is, what, this is what, exactly the thing that you're supposed to do. And so... Uh, I'm not sure how I got to that, but oh, anyway, so I was working at this hotel and then playing music, kind of, and then I I saved a guy's life, and that was my last day at work, and then I went to play music full-time, and I haven't had a real job really since, and that was when I was 20. Nice. Was that with, was CCV, like, playing for them, was that kind of your first, not full-time thing, but first kind of, like, getting set into the music world on, on that kind of stage or was it somewhere else different? Yeah. You know, I mean, I played in, in the music on the music team at my church in, in back in Palm desert. And then I played on pretty much all the teams at GCU, all the worship teams then. And I was like emptying most of them. And so I, you know, I was super familiar with it, but, yeah, when I really started to get into music outside of just church was CCV, which is ironic because it's a church. But <laughs> really, one it was really once I met Ben Gowell, who is now the I'm not even sure what his title is anymore at CCV, but uh, he's one of the most inspiring people I've ever known because of how much my life has changed just from having met that guy. Mm. And that's when I started playing on records, like for real. I mean, I had a band in college, but those weren't real records, I don't think. I mean, kind of, but, you know, as like a session guy, this is like my first time doing any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And writing songs and writing really cool guitar parts and stuff, that's all because of him. Was Regenerate your first album with CCV? No. Were you on the first I'm, original? I'm one of... I'm one of the few that are still there 
that were on the the Colors of Christmas. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. But Adoration I did a lot song. Of stuff That's like my that. favorite song that we play at Christmas is Adoration song probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I I played all I played all the guitars on that song. Uh that was my first like real one which that whole record is strange to me. I mean, it was it was just demos for Christmas services. Yeah. And then Ben was like, "We should make him a record." And then <laughs> so we we did, but yeah, that was kind of before we really got serious about making records and then Rising Up was after that. And then I think Regenerate or or the kids one happened somewhere in between those maybe mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember when the kids one came out, but that one and then Regenerate and then I didn't do anything on Desert Sessions and I hardly helped with the remix. And then then yeah, I played on the newest one, Light and Shadow, which comes out July or June. Couple 20. weeks. First, yeah. I think. Yeah, two weeks. If you could if you could put a uh like a favorite to any of those, would you have one? Like to play favorite on any of those record? albums that you yeah, any of the records that you were a part of? Uh for CCV? Yeah. Specifically? Uh man, that's a good question. Something about the whole process of regenerate was just absolutely nuts. In 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 really good ways, some in not as good of ways, but that <laughs> that was the real I don't know. That one was just I have so many memories around that record more than I do around any of the other ones. Yeah, that was a great record, all of it. The live recording at camp, all that stuff was yeah, live was, at CIY was a blast. Yeah. I mean, I remember pulling so many all-nighters for that record, too. <laughs> and it was fun, too, because we all did a camp, a CIY before that week, where we got to play some of these songs, and that was the first time we'd actually played them live. Mm. So it was fun. We had a ton of time to actually play these songs live and flush them out. Whereas, like, Light and Shadow... Some of those songs, that was the first time we were ever playing them, mm-hmm. you know, was that night. Well, I mean, we re- we rehearsed, but, you know what I mean, like, n- some of them were brand new. Some of them we've been doing at CCB for years, but. Well, that's awesome. So, speak a little bit about what your life is like now that you're a full-time, like, session musician out in Nashville. Yeah. My life, well... People often tell me my life is pretty nuts. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, you know, I've just lived it for so, I mean, my whole life. that It's hard to, it's hard to know. But I, you know, I travel a lot and I love it. I love it so much. I, every day, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a day in the life of me mm-hmm. because every day is different. So I wouldn't know how to. I've been home the last five days, which is the longest I've been home in three months. Wow. And, yeah, it, it was it was weird to, man, what do I, wait, I wake up at noon? Well, and I couldn't wake up at noon because I'm jet lagged because we just got back from Africa. We took a bunch of instruments to these kids out in Africa at this uh, organization called Watoto where we taught them, and this is my third time going there, and we taught them how to play music, basically, and it was a lot of fun, but it was like two weeks out there, and then, yeah, so I got back, and they're eight hours ahead, so I got back, and my schedule is just, who knows, I don't even know what day it is, or time it is, or anything, so my my internal clock is just waking up at 4 a.m., which is actually 
noon over there, mm-hmm. and that's sleeping in, and then going to bed at 8 p.m. or whatever. And so now I'm like slowly as the days progress, maybe sleeping in an hour later and being able to stay up an hour later. But the first two days, man, legit were just super rough for me. I was in bed, in and out of playing video games and watching TV and sleeping for two days straight, <laughs> which is actually kind of nice. Yeah. So that's what a day off for me would be like. Not that anybody cares, but a day on, I mean, so I just got off of a, a tour that I think was, I think was two months. Maybe it was, it was from March to May. So yeah, two and a half months, I guess. And that looked like, I mean, every day you wake up, you're in a different city and you do sound check, do the whole thing, have a couple hours to walk around and see the city, then you do the show, then you pack up, and then you leave. <laughs> so touring's weird, you know. It's different for everybody and every crew that you're with, but you get to go, and sometimes people will tell me, like, man, what was it like to go to Portland, Maine, for example? <laughs> and I honestly don't really remember it. Yeah. Because it, it was another stop, and we weren't there very long, and I didn't get to see a bunch of stuff. But, so sure, like, it was cool. The weather was nice. I remember that. But I can't really remember anything else about it. So, that, yeah, that whole thing is is interesting. It's fun. I love being on the road, though. Uh, then, in between that, we were going to L.A. to work on their record. So, any any off days, most people went home. Me and the band went to L.A. to work on their record. So, then that was, I mean, that's why I wasn't ever home on off days but so that was fun and that was just this tour but other ones are like sometimes you have tons of time to hang out and then you mm-hmm. play your show and then you do whatever uh yeah. sometimes sometimes a lot of it's just one-offs i would fly in and play a show and then fly out or then fly to another thing or yeah it just looks different all the time so it's hard to say specifically in, but in a place you're in like a constant s- Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to well, ask. I'm just saying you're, you're... – oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. Le- okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, like, in, in a city like Nashville where it, it seems like everybody's a, a musician, like, how do you, like, find your niche in the city, you know, artistically to – to get these jobs and to, to further your career? Well, it's interesting, man. Ableton is a huge thing, which is the question that uh, I think it was Caleb, right, mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. asked earlier. Yep, yep. But basically, uh, short version of it is it's the software. It's kind of a DJ software. So essentially, I go out and like DJ for a lot of people. Uh, that's kind of the best way I can explain it. It's DJ without having a man behind it. I just kind of set up all these things and, and run it. It's on the software. And so there's actually not a lot of guys out in this town that do that sort of thing, and especially not to the level that some of us are able to do it as far as, like, the tour I just got off of, I had Ableton doing all of our lights, all of our in-ear monitors. It was doing all of our keyboard patch changes, all of the Kemper patch changes and everything. Wow. So... All from the, one computer, like, or do you have a couple set uh, up? Well, we had we had redundant. We it, it was all coming from one, and then there was a redundant one in case that one failed. But 
So, yeah, that's kind of a very niche thing out here that not a lot of people have. And that's kind of how it all started, I guess, for me, really getting gigs. Even in Phoenix was, I mean, you throw a rock and you could find 15 guys, especially at CCV, that can play This Is Amazing Grace on guitar. It's not that hard. But if you... But then find a guy that can do that on guitar and also has a full hard drive. Oh, I guess they can't see. But <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> a hard drive that's full of, of stems from worship songs and stuff like that. Um, so now the artist, whoever I'm out with, doesn't have to buy stems because I own all of them on this hard drive mm. that I've just accumulated from years of working with other people. And so, so you get all of these tracks... You get me to set them up for you and to run them, and I'll play guitar. So then it was like, well, now we can't not have this guy because I don't know who else is going to do all that stuff. Yeah. And so, kind of honestly, that's how it started for me. And 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 it, I never, I d- don't feel like I've ever gotten gigs as a guitar player because I was a better guitar player than this dude over here. It was that I could do guitar and also I could do Ableton or. Mm-hmm you know, we were friends or whatever the case may be, but there's always a better guitar player out there. There just always will be, as long as I'll ever live, that will always be a thing that exists. So finding finding those other avenues in which you can also do stuff that offers. I mean, so out on that tour, they didn't have to bring a lighting guy or a monitor engineer or a playback guy because they brought me that did all three of those things. Dang. So uh, basically I was doing three people's jobs for the price of one guy. And now how, how the industry is going where people aren't making as much money, everybody's trying to save wherever they can. It's like, man, let's get one dude who can play guitar and also do all the tracks, which will cover all the keys, and we don't have a bass player, so it can do that too. Then it's like, well, I'm doing three rolls again. It just looks a little bit different. Dang. Man, that's a – just real quick, that was an incredible answer. Um, for anybody, I mean, just for anybody listening, like outside of just guitar and Ableton, but you said like there's always gonna be a, b- a better guitar player out there, and that goes for anybody yeah. and anybody that does anything. Like there's always gonna be somebody that's better, you know. So what are you doing to be unique? What are you doing to be creative and and take what you do to the next level by learning and adapting, doing all these things? I mean, that's just like good advice for anybody. Like me listening to that is like, man, what am I doing? I'm just trying to do the same thing. You know, am I am I doing anything different to make myself stand out and, and do things differently so it's more appealing? Like that's just that's great, man. That was great advice. Outside of, I don't think the question was meant for that, but <laughs> no, no, it was good. Oh, it was good. <laughs> well, sometimes people ask me, or the kind of aura that surrounds Nashville is kind of like you were saying, but oh, it's Nashville there's so-and-so is in the crowd or mm-hmm. so-and-so could be here or whatever. And, you know, there's some, t- it's funny. I actually played a gig today that is the most Nashville thing I've done since I've lived in this town, but it was this, this thing for CMA fest, which is the country music awards. And mm-hmm. they have this big festival in town the week of, and I played this thing. Is my friend uh, is this girl country artist, and she was singing. And then the there was another guy playing for some other girl, and we were all on stage together. But we would play a song, then they would play a song, or whatever. The other guy I could tell was trying to flex so hard on the guitar, not necessarily <laughs> to me, but just to everybody, just like letting them know, hey, I can hang. I'm a really good guitar player. <laughs> so to me, that was really funny. 
Because I was like, man, I actually don't care if anybody in this room thinks I'm a good guitar player because nothing that I'm doing right now is about me playing the guitar. It's about this girl showcasing her songs. So as long as I serve the song, it doesn't actually matter how good you think I am as a guitar player. Yeah. So yeah. people people always ask, you know, like about what that's like to be in Nashville and have these guys playing guitar or have these really good guys watching you play. And I remember the first real show I played in this town, everybody in the band was like, oh, man, you never played a Nashville show? Like, dude, this is Nashville. I was like, no, it's another city and we're playing music. And I don't really care about who's in the audience because do they have the guitar? No, I do. So sit down, (laughs) shut up, and listen. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great mindset to have going into into anything you're doing, like making sure that like the primary objective is is uh, is the focus. Uh, I remember watching a like a master class of a guy talking about drumming and just talking about how like how underrated Ringo is in the Beatles as a drummer, but like everything he does is like for the song, you know, it's not to showcase right. him there. It's, it's all cohesive in the song. Right. So, uh, another question that I had was, uh, you talked a little bit about Ryan starting up hard speak records. Uh, but just uh, a little bit more about how you, you started where the idea for the podcast came with the record label. And then maybe what some of the challenges, uh, are that's u- unique to being a part of, a record label so early on in the label's existence. Yeah. So, well, I used to have an old podcast that Justin was on, actually, Justin yes. Doyle. <laughs> that was a long it's time called ago, No too, Wife, man. Dude Life. Yeah, dude No life. Wife, Dude Life. What was it called? No Wife, Dude Life. No Wife, Dude Life. That was before we were, bo- well, before I had a wife, so I was allowed to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just, I mean, that was just me and... Honestly, this was not to I'm not trying to be a hipster or whatever. This is kind of before people were doing podcasting a lot and it wasn't even easy to get your podcast on Apple Podcasts or anything. Podbean stuff like that didn't really exist. I it was just on SoundCloud. That's like when I came over to your house like a couple days a week and like ate my lunch during my break from work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. Because I lived like five minutes from where you where you work. Yeah. And one day but, you're like, hey, let's yes. just record a podcast on your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. So that's kind of where it started. And I, I don't know. That one didn't last very long, but it was fun to do. And so then, I yeah, so I guess I already had experience doing it and- I don't have a problem talking in a microphone and sound like an idiot. Like, it doesn't bother me. So I guess I was the natural guy who should head up the podcast. But it actually was Ryan's idea to to do a podcast for HeartSpeak. So, yeah, I guess that's where it started. Some of the challenges about, like, being, being part of the label and stuff is just finding, you know, creative ways to to make money and to do – I mean, we don't – we're never, and I. This is kind of my um, personal theory, but also the theory of the whole label and hard speak in general is we're n- we're never gonna do something that's not a hundred percent. So if we mm-hmm. if we that's not, and we, we want everything to be awesome. And so 
if we're if we're going to do something and we run into a challenge of, okay, well, we don't quite have the money to do it, we'll do something in a different way that still equally is awesome, but still supports our budget or just our resources, whatever they may be. And so we don't really want to half halfway do anything. So that's become a challenge as far as po- like the podcast in general. I mean, you guys know, well, coming up with content isn't always the easiest thing to do. Getting your guests to really give you something, man, mm-hmm. that's really challenging to really get what I want out of them because maybe I'm not sure what I want out of them, but getting that is very tough. Uh, recording on the road is just impossible for me, mm-hmm. so that's why my episodes haven't been extremely consistent is because when I'm on tour, it's very hard to do mm-hmm. any any sort of things like that. Also realizing how dumb you sound when you listen back <laughs> and and you listen back and you think man i just said that or i said like and um 50 times in oh, yeah. 2 minutes that's ridiculous and so i mean i've even had it with guests so the first i remember the first episode that i did for the heart speak podcast and i do it over phone and i record their phone and then i record m- my microphone Dude, I re-recorded every everything that I said. So then I fake interviewed the guy with, and I would play back. I had my headphones on. I would play back their audio from the phone, and then I'd respond to it like it was in real time, just because I sounded so dumb the first one that I did. Yeah, if anybody's listening, they're like, "This guy's going crazy." <laughs> yeah, but as you as you do more, you know, you start to get better. But then you start to pay attention to how many times you're saying like, how many times you're saying um, and then what are ways that I can get my guests to give me the kind of information that I really want out of this thing. Yeah. And being a host is, as you guys know, is actually very tough. It's a really hard job, way harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, some of our early episodes, usually when I'm telling people about it now, I'm like, go back to like the Christmas episode <laughs> forward. Like, yeah, don't, don't worry about the 15 <laughs> episodes before that. Totally. Uh, yeah. So we, we even did one episode where we were eating payway while we were recording. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awful. You just hear the smacking of food for the first like 25 minutes of the episode. It's like, gosh, this is awful. But you can't tell until you listen to it back, and then you're like, well, that's a bummer because now it's just, <laughs> like, well. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But in the moment, it's like, man, this would be a great idea. Let's eat food and talk about it. <laughs> you know, like, never <laughs> totally, doing that again, dude. though. So it's a great learning experience. Nope. Uh, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, all right, so I d- we, we've just got a few more questions for you. Um <clears throat> In one of the episodes of the podcast, you talked about um, being forced from a Uber driver to uh, give you a rating or give him a rating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted you to, to maybe share if you had any crazy stories from when you were an Uber, Uber driver, and uh, then if 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 there's any other stories, I have I have a similar experience of being like asked to give a five-star rating i don't know if you have any experiences doyle not like that I, i've been the one giving ratings they've never been five star though <laughs> so i don't want to talk about those, you've never but. given a driver a five-star rating oh not on uber no I'm, I'm thinking of like other scenarios where i've given ratings for people for awful service and oh. i've just done it out of spite but right <laughs> yeah 
I don't. I've never driven in an so, Uber before, ever. Really? You've never ridden in one? Never. Never been an Uber. Wow. Or a Lyft. Okay, so I probably Uber and Lyft more than I drive my own vehicle at this point, just because I'm never home, and so I've I've. I can't even count the amount of rides that I've taken. I've always thought that if Uber had a frequent flyer plan or whatever, I'd have all of the 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 bonus things, whatever <laughs> points, Uber points, whatever you call them. But so yeah, it, it and it wasn't necessarily like forced to give a five-star rating, but this happens often where you get out of the car and then they say, "Be sure and leave me a five-star review." No, don't tell me how you did. Let me decide how you did, and I'll rate you. Don't tell me what to give you. Because you told me that, four stars. Anybody that asked for five, you get four because you asked. Just hands down. For the most part, I give everybody else five. When I was a driver, they told us, uh, they said, yeah, basically just give everybody a five-star rating unless you have an extreme issue. So I took that approach as a passenger, too. Unless there's an issue, five-star rating. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I've gotten in cars and they smell like smoke and it's just awful. Mm-hmm. Then, all right, well, I'll, I'll give you four stars. Sometimes, I mean, if they're talking on the phone, I guess it doesn't bother me that much unless we're in a state where it's illegal. And then I really don't want to get pulled over in my Uber because you're talking on the phone. So I guess that doesn't bother me as much. Texting, I mean, lots of us text and drive more than we'd like to admit. I'm one of them. If I'm in your vehicle, doing please don't be doing that mm-hmm. when I'm paying you money to get me somewhere. Yeah. Yep. So that's another reason where I would give them a uh, lower rating. One time when I was driving, I was doing the night shift because I don't like waking up early. So that's when you get the crazies. <laughs> I picked up this, this girl and her, her boyfriend or something, and they were in the back of my car. And it's a 25, 30-minute ride. They both fall asleep, which, whatever, that's fine. We get there. I'm like, hey, guys, we're here. Nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, we're here. Turn turn the music up. Nothing. Turn the lights on in the car. Nothing. Finally, I'm nervous to do this, but I touch the guy's leg, his knee, and I'm just kind of kind of move it just a little bit because I don't want to scare him, but I want him to... Because at the end of the day, he's in a strange man's car, mm-hmm. so I don't want to freak him out. Then he, like, kind of jars awake, and I'm like, hey, man, we're at the address that you gave me. He says, okay, okay. And his girlfriend or whatever is kind of, like, on top of him. And so he he gets out of the car and goes around the other side to try to get her out of the car. <laughs> and... And finally, he wakes her. He's shaking her violently to just wake her up. She wakes up, and he goes, all right, we need to go. We're here. No. She's screaming. No, I'm not getting out. And I said, ma'am, you have to get out of my car. <laughs> no, I'm not getting out of the car. And and so he's pulling her. I mean, he's intoxicated. She's definitely intoxicated. <laughs> he's, like, pulling her out of my car, but her seatbelt's still on. So she's, like... Like I, I don't even know how to describe it, but she's almost being choked by my seatbelt in my car because her boyfriend is like pulling her legs, ripping her out of my car, and I was like, "Hey, buddy, let's hold on here, let's at least unbuckle her first, and then once she's out of my car, I can't really control that scenario from there on out." But I don't know. 
I don't know what to do. So, yeah, then eventually they get out. and it, I mean, I sat there for 10 minutes while they got out of the car, <laughs> which is longer than I should have. But I needed them to get out so I could keep working. It was yeah. crazy. They give you a rating? Uh, You can't tell. It never okay. it never says this person gave you five stars or whatever. It will say if they give you a comment that's like five star rating, you have you play great music or whatever, then it will tell you that, but it won't even tell you who said it. Mm. I think it's just after a couple days it updates on your on your feed or whatever. Hmm. I, it's changed so much now too since when I did it. Like when I did it, you couldn't even cash out at the end of the night. You had to get paid every week, and now you can cash out every day that you drive if you make over 50 bucks or something. Oh, wow. And I remember the day that Lyft unveiled that, and that was my last day I ever drove, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. I I tried to use an Uber at an airport one time when we flew back from, I don't know where we went. Uh, Anyways, we we tried to use an Uber. I I downloaded the app. I never used it before, ever. Downloaded the app, made an account, did whatever I had to do to, to do it. And I requested a driver. I don't even. I don't even remember what I was doing. Maybe I did it all wrong. But it like didn't. No one ever came. And I kept trying to. Rec- did you land in Phoenix? Yeah, we landed at Gateway, way out I'm, in like Mesa. Oh, well, for a long time, it was actually illegal for Ubers to pick you up from the airport in Phoenix. I, I'm assuming ah. Gateway was probably the same way. I was so mad. Oh, the loophole in Phoenix used to be you had to get on the shuttle that took you to the rental car place, which was technically off airport property, and then have the Uber come pick you up there. I'm sure the rental car company loved that. (laughs) (laughs) All these people just hanging around over there. Right. But, I mean, it's better for the cab. It's the cab companies that didn't like them picking you up from the airport. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's probably two years now. Actually, I don't know, but... Yeah, it was definitely a, few, a couple I'm, years I ago. I remember the time. Yeah, I remember the time when it was illegal to do that. Huh. I ended up getting a cab. First time I ever used a cab, and that was an awful experience, too. So <laughs> I just feel like I've never yeah. even tried to do anything related to that recently. Man, but. welcome to how I transport myself around cities regularly wow. for the past six years. <laughs> That's funny. You've never my, been. My wife's cab. all about it. She went to Portland last year for a week, and she Ubered for everything, obviously. Like, she was in downtown Portland for a training, and that's all she did was Uber, and she came home and, like, raved about it, how great it was. But Yeah, it's fun. It's nice that you don't have to drive. Honestly, I'm considering when my car here is done, it's not worth much, but when it, when it just kind of bites the dust, I'm not going to own a car. I'm just going to Uber everywhere. Yeah. It sounds like for uh, how often you're gone that that, would be <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of money I'd save in gas and car insurance. Yeah. I, I think it's worth it. Totally. And if I had to go far, which Nashville's not very big, if I had to go far, I could rent a car or, or borrow somebody's or whatever. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have one more question. Did you oh, have another yes. one? No, I didn't. But I forgot about that last one because it's not in the list. That's right. I left it off so we wouldn't accidentally send it to you. This uh. is. This is oh, oh, this is good. Saving oh, it no. for the end. <laughs> Just how much is Sintas paying you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I get lots of questions about Sintas. <laughs> that's never been one of them. So, the, I mean, the short answer to that is zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 
And for people who are listening that may it, not know, uh, Jason is constantly having. Yeah, I, I just see you like whatever restoring what, when when you like are tagged in a sto- somebody's Reposting, story. Yeah, yeah, of uh, people taking pictures of Sintas, uh, the company, like their trucks going around our their products in different places. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah, listeners, if you don't know about it, if you ever see a Sintas truck or Sintas anywhere, anything, just tag me in it on Instagram. I'll repost it. I've got. <laughs> Close to 400 posts of people tagging me in this now. <laughs> it's archived on my... I mean, if you go to my Instagram, you can see the the highlight stories or whatever. There's... there's, I, I've maxed out three of them. You can have at most 100, and now I'm on the fourth one of, of oh people tagging gosh. me. Man. And it, it, like, it just... It happened naturally, and I, there's not really an... Sometimes people will tag me in it and say, I don't get the joke... But here you go. And I get tagged from people I've never met before. People I don't know. People that are... So there's my circle. Then there's the circle outside of that. And then there's one more circle. And those people are now tagging me in sentence. People I've never met, don't know, nothing. I... I this... I'm not kidding you. I've been recognized in public four or five times as the Sintas guy. Dang, bro. That's how you know you've made people it. That know, people that know nothing about me, know, they don't know anything, but they're like, whoa, you're, hey, you're the Cintas guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I guess that's me. So somehow I've taken this brand that's this, it's a it's a textile company. They, they clean, uh, you know, aprons or napkins from restaurants or they... They do the soap and the air fresheners in the bathrooms or the toilet paper or whatever. It's that that company. Somehow I've made that my own brand, kind of. <laughs> and I, I, I can't really explain it because there's nothing to explain. It just happened. and Like there's really no is, reason for it. It's it just like what was the first. Not really. What was the first time you were tagged or like you. What was the first initial, like the very first post that ever came about for that? Well, so I have <laughs> before that all happened. I did have, and I still do. Well, yeah, I've got. Hold on, I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> so basically, l- uh, let me think about <laughs> that question. <laughs> so, yeah, I-, I-, I honestly don't quite know what the first post was, or anything. But I, I th- oh, so my friend's dad worked for them, works for them, and we would post photos and or send photos to him in a group text because he's really excited about this company he works for mm-hmm. and because of that it like kind of just turned into people posting it and tagging me and then now people post it tag other people who then repost it and tag me <laughs> Dang. So, or or it'll be it'll be i'll get screenshots of text messages that say hey I don't get it, but this is for your friend or whatever. <laughs> Somebody I don't know. Stuff like that all oh, happens all the time. Or people will tag me in it and say, this post via somebody else that I've never met. And it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I have two volunteers in, in the ministry that I'm part of that work for Sintas. And, uh, really? Yeah, really? One of them works in like, they. I think they actually both work. There's like another side of that company that deals in like, 
installing fire alarms and fire safety mm-hmm. for like massive buildings and stuff. So they're both yeah, like, they have Cintas fire extinguishers. And yeah, stuff. so they're they're into that side. So like they currently are working at GCU on all the new dorms, installing mm. all of their fire proof stuff and everything. But they're always wearing like Cintas hats, and they have like these pants that they give that company that are legit. Really? Like that they wear when they're working. I'm trying to get like a ton of pairs to take with me like on my Mexico mission trips and stuff because they're like top notch work pants. Work pants. Huh. Yeah, dude. I'm like, bro, hook it up with that, and then I can send a pair to my buddy Jason. <laughs> he can wear them around. <laughs> yes. Uh, Especially if they're Cintas branded. Yeah, it's crazy. That's they amazing. They have hats. They have shirts. I mean, he wears it all the time, both of them. They both. One of them's like a oh. 19-year-old. The other guy's like in his 30s. He's the 19-year-old's boss, <laughs> and they both serve in high school ministry. But Dude, I need to meet these guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Next time you're in Surprise, if you ever, ever come out there. Yep, that's usually my first stop when I get to Phoenix. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just, yeah. That's a that's a that's a definitely a joke if anybody knows where Surprise Arizona is. Worst location in the Phoenix metropolitan area. But. Hey, at least it's not it's yeah. not like the East Valley. That's true. Well, East Valley has things about it that I'm I'm cool with. Hey, surprise well, is getting there, bro. They're getting the Costco. Are they? I'm see I'm into that. <laughs> but like downtown downtown Gilbert's getting kinda hip. Yeah, downtown Anything Gil- East, Gilbert's like really East cool. Mesa and stuff like that, forget about that. But downtown yeah. Gilbert's being cool. Yeah, I heard they have a lot of sweet like new restaurants in downtown Gilbert and oh, it's yeah. like a cool hang hang area. Oh yeah, they have a a joyride and and the other wine and cheese place, whatever that's Postinos. called. Postinos. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have uh Oso. Remember that brewery? Yeah. They have one of those there. And they have that uh place with the bazooki. The Italian place? Oregano's. Yeah, they have that there, too. Yeah, that's tight. Well, Jason, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for taking some time. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it, and uh, yeah, it was great to hear about your story a little bit. And for everybody out there, don't forget, you can follow Jason on Instagram, Hardspeak. And check out the Hardspeak podcast. Yeah. Man, Doyle, that was a great way to finish season two. Yeah, if you're listening, that was our, our final episode uh, for the spring. Uh, so we're going to be taking our holiday. We're, go- <laughs> we're going on holiday. But uh, rest assured, there will be a summer special that we'll release at some point over the summer. Sometime midsummer. Yeah, and it'll be filled with all sorts of fun things, uh, what we're doing, maybe some topics, maybe some, some follow-up stuff. And uh, maybe some intro into to what's coming for season three in the fall. And then coming this fall, yeah, season three, it will uh, probably be in August. I don't know. Don't want to make any any uh, promises. Be around there. It'll be around <laughs> there. So uh, yeah, keep your podcast players tuned to download the uh, summer spectacular. Yeah, and don't be shy to, uh, over the next few months, continue to share, continue to spread the word. I know we're going to be absent, but uh, don't allow it to be out of sight, out of mind. And as always, send your ravens to (laughs) ask2justins at gmail.com. Yes, yes.